Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back to another episode of the Westworld Fan Podcast Western Movie Club. Today's movie is Disney's The Lone Ranger, starring Army Hammer and Johnny Depp and directed by Gore Verbinski. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. So if you're new to our Western Movie Club, we point out every week, uh, uh, it's it's going to be a while before the next episode of Westworld, guys. So long. The sting lingers, you know? <laughs> Still hurts. I, I feel like it's been forever since the finale, but it actually hasn't been that long, and there's way more to go. Westworld feels like a fever dream that never happened, but it did. It in the it it off in the distance when you think about something that's good and and primal and and something that you can hearken back to to perhaps an Anthony Hopkins performance that was underrated vastly. You can think to yourself, "Oh, I guess there's Westworld." So, in one of our iTunes reviews. We were critiqued for arguing too much, which is odd to me because I sometimes get self-conscious that we agree too much. Me too. We definitely agree way more than we argue. So suck it, that iTunes review. How dare you be wrong? But tonight we actually do have a difference of opinion to bring you because we don't feel the same way about the Lone Ranger. You're welcome, everyone. Also, it has kind of gone the way that I don't think people would see coming because usually... I am the outspoken naysayer. That is just, that's my role, James. And I take it very seriously. Except for the fact that, um, I liked this movie and, and you didn't. No, I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Lone Ranger, you guys. Shocker. Okay, fine. Let's just, uh, I guess just let all the magic die in the world. Just let it all die. Ryan just likes liking things, alright? I really don't, but. <laughs> Let's just keep going. So, the star of this movie is Army Hammer. No, he's not. He's the title character, at least. Yeah, sure. Army Hammer, not a name for a man, but a name for a baking soda. Army Hammer. Army Hammer, the name for definitely for a man. For a barbarian who's going to knock your teeth out with a metal chain connected to a large metal ball. Army Hammer, that's a great name. Also a weird one, I agree. I didn't look it up because I don't care, but I gotta believe that is his real name. Because if you were going to choose a stage name, you would think of something more convincing than Army Hammer. I believe it is. His real name. Yeah, and he's best known for playing the Winklevoss twins in the movie The Social Network, which he played the face of both twins, but the bodies were different. I don't know, it's a whole thing. Sounds sexy. It was. And then also we've got Johnny Depp, who's a white man. He's yeah. very white. Yeah, that's that's like the big, if this movie has a few knocks to it, perhaps, just a few, the number one one was that uh, they whitewashed this one, James. They whitewashed it. So when I think of whitewashing, I think about you taking a role away from a person of color, like the... The sensei character in Doctor Strange is supposed to be Asian, but they took that role and gave it to a white lady instead. And that's that's a kind of a lame move, because there's not a lot of roles for people of color in Hollywood already, and it's like you're taking one away. This is a little bit worse. This is a character 
who's meant to be Native American, and in the context of the movie is Native American, but is played by a white guy, and I guess that is called Red Face. There's a name for that. Yeah, but it's not just any white guy, James. It's Johnny Depp. It's the man you put in your movie when it when you want it to do well. Although, oddly enough, out of all the movies Johnny Depp's been done in the past decade, uh, this one, particularly, didn't work out very well. Yeah, we should say this is a huge box office flop. I think they poured a ton of money into this, and they did not make it back. No, about halfway through, they had to stop and, like, put budget restrictions on the movie because they had seen how John Carter did the other big movie around this time for Disney. It flopped too. It was not good. And then this one comes out and eight months before it comes out, a bunch of reviewers have already said things about it. They haven't even seen the movie. They're just already knocking it for mostly for the red face slash white face kind of deal. The Johnny Depp is an Indian and how dare you, which you know, is justified to the point where, I think it's justified to the point where, yeah, Tonto is an Indian character. Maybe you should have tried harder, like, at all. But also, if you're going to want to sell a movie, usually what you do is you put Johnny Depp in it. Like, it's a full, it was a foolproof plan, like, right before, right now, before this movie. And then this movie proved it wrong. Yeah, there was a time when... Johnny Depp equaled box office gold, and now I think he's among him, along with Will Smith, compared to what they get paid, they're producing a lot of flops recently. So the the actor pay to box office take... De- the Delta, perhaps. Yeah. It's not, not looking great for Johnny Depp recently. No, although Johnny Depp was nominated for favorite male butt kicker. At the Nickelodeon Choice Awards for this movie, okay? <laughs> he lost. Who did he lose to? Well, Iron Man, so it makes sense, oh, honestly. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it didn't win, but uh, he was nominated, and, and that's what matters. This is a long one, guys, so we should probably jump right into it. Yeah, and it's a long one, and it's something that before you watched it, I watched it before you, and I complained to you while I was watching it that it was long. And you made a pretty solid point, which was, so is the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I don't think it's for no reason. The bloated length of these movies is perhaps a genre staple. And there's just a lot of time spent in westerns, maybe that isn't spent in, like, romantic comedies, which is just chewing the scenery. Doing nothing. That's the best part of westerns, where you just sit in it. So the movie starts with a framing device. A uh, little boy, uh, who is apparently a fan of the Lone Ranger because he's dressed like him, goes to the fair, and at the fair there's some Wild West exhibit, and he goes in, and old man Tonto is there working as a mannequin. Or something. He's just standing there. We're not exactly 100% sure why. He does look very old. Also, right when you come into the movie you kind of get a time frame because you see a picture. The first picture you see is that of the Golden Gate Bridge, like half done. And then you zoom into the the circus or the whatever it was down below to where this little boy Lone Ranger, who apparently his parents is just not paying attention to him at all because he is allowed to stand in this cowboy exhibit for just 
a very, very long time and hang out with the mannequin Tonto, who comes to life. And the moment we saw mannequin Tonto, I was like, "This is gonna night. Uh, this is gonna night at the museum, me right now, and he's gonna come alive." I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, that's a good comparison because we're not sure if if this is the real Tonto who's old or if it is like night at the museum or something, but or like his spirit could also be sadly it could also be his spirit <laughs> the title on the diorama in which tonto lives apparently is the noble savage really driving home that uh the point they're making with the the white tonto anyway yeah. no i th- <laughs> i mean i think they're driving home the point that we're all still super racist and we should all stop being super racist but also the other point of oh yeah we're going to lean into this savage thing this movie so, strap in. He comes to life, and he trades the kid some popcorn for a dead mouse in what is supposed to be the movie's first uh, first joke. It's birdseed, I think. Why was the kid eating birdseed at a fair? Uh, maybe that's a good point. But for every other trade in this thing, Tonto actually has birdseed. And I was just, I had to scream it, scream it to the rafters. Because as I was watching this, I was like, is it popcorn? Is it unpopped popcorn? In fact, the thing he was feeding uh, the little boy and the bird on his head the whole time. By the way, Tonto has just this inanimate bird that's his hat. And he feeds most of the time all of this, what is ended up to be birdseed, usually. But I guess it might have been popcorn here. Sorry, I had to take that time because the whole time, two hours and 50 minutes of like, what is he feeding that stupid bird? No, oh, it's just bird seed. So the kid's like, oh my god, you're the Tonto? Like, Lone Ranger and Tonto Tonto? And Johnny Depp's like, you bet. And he starts to tell him the story of the Lone Ranger, and the first thing we get is a flashback to Tonto and the Lone Ranger robbing a bank, which the kid immediately points out is completely out of character for them because they're good guys. And he's like, well, why are you robbing a bank if you're good guys? And Johnny Depp's like, sometimes a good guy must wear a mask. Which doesn't answer the kid's question at all, but is a good line to open the movie with. Sure, yeah, not a great line. But yeah, he believes that the Lone Ranger has to have the mask on for whatever reason. This is a dang bank robbery. You could tell that uh, Army Hammer's Lone Ranger is a little out of sorts. He's not... He's not supposed to be doing this, perhaps, but they are doing it for some reason. Johnny Depp is basically playing Native American Jack Sparrow. He's just assumed that uh, if if Jack Sparrow was an Indian, that is who Johnny Depp is playing right now. And then we're ported to 1869 Texas, where all good men must wear a mask. And we're seeing the railroad being built, the transatlantic whatever it is. Something about a not, a... not the one with the partnership. That one's been thrown out the window. What's this one? The Trans-Pacific Railroad? This is the Transcontinental Yeah, railroad. right. I, I just keep getting it messed up with the Trans-Pacific Partnership. One's still real. <laughs> so, yeah. In the Old West, they're about to put the finishing touches on the Transcontinental Railroad. There's this railroad manager, Lathan Cole. He's, He's giving an old a white man with yes. a pocket watch and he's the first one to talk so he's obviously the bad guy he's talking about how awesome the railroad is and 
Helena Bobham Carter's there in the audience. She's just kind of looking upset. There's some Native Americans in the crowd. They don't look happy. Cole promises to appease everyone by capturing the vicious outlaw Butch Cavendish, who is a noted killer of Native Americans. Can't have any rabble-rousers around here while I'm trying to make my train. We get a scene where a bunch of randos are waiting at a train station, and they're talking about this outlaw Butch Cavendish and how he apparently eats people. Yeah, and then they ask the guy in charge, like, you know, you know, you believe all them Butch stories? And they say, Cavendish is not the one he's worried about. On the train is... John Reed coming back from law school. He's riding the train with a bunch of annoying Christian singing settlers back to Colby, Texas to serve as the new district attorney. Yep, he is looking at bison out the window because they're all still alive. He has a picture of a lady inside of uh, what we assumed at first was a Bible and that he was a preacher. Turns out it's just a law book and he's a lawyer. He, at some point, picks up a doll of a little girl who drops her doll. And when he was giving it back to her to be playful, he, like, throws it back at her. And it goes out the window, and the little girl starts crying immediately. I thought that was hilarious. And it also started up with this movie would end up being most of the time. Which is, and this is much different from Good, Bad, and the Ugly. And the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, when it came to jokes or set pieces or payoffs it would build you up for a very long time and make you really ruminate in it and then bam punch you in the face with the payoff and be like haha wah, wah, wah. like that's how you knew it was the payoff they had a sound for it in this movie it's like that same thing but they had no patience whatsoever so the setup and payoff are like 10 seconds apart because they just couldn't make you wait at all. They, the the director's like, okay, tell him what happens. Tell him what happens. So the whole movie is just setups and and punch downs. And the first one is that doll going out the window, which I thought was pretty funny. Also on the train are Tonto and Butch Cavendish. Both are in chains in some different car in the back of the train, I guess. And they're on their way to face judgment or be executed. It's not clear. Yeah, they're in chains, so something is going to go poorly. And then you can see Butch Cavendish, the bad guy, who's played by William Fichter, Fichtner, I believe it is. He's a dude who always plays bad guys. Uh, Colonel Willie Sharp in Armageddon, to be more specific, the greatest movie of all time. Um, and then he, we see him as Butch Cavendish. He looks real dirty. Uh, his lip is all messed up, I believe. He just looks like a guy who has seen better days. And he is using his fingers to take out a nail in the ground, take out a floorboard, and then voila, he has a gun. But real quick, we're back in town, and the old train guy, Cole, meets up with, it turns out to be John Reed's sister-in-law and her son, and he's kind of hitting on her, and he's like, it must be hard on you because your husband's a Texas Ranger and he's not around to to hit on you like I am. Like I'm doing in front of your son. Back on the train, yeah, Cavendish has got a gun. He gets up to take a piss. We get a nice shot of piss hitting the inside of a bucket. Thanks. Thanks, Gore Verbinski. 
It was very important for the story. That's when he takes out his gun and he blows away the deputies. And at that point, like, his gang starts running up on the train with their horses. Yeah, as the sheriffs help Butch Cavendish go urinate in a bucket, the Tonto behind them, who's also still in chains, throws birdseed at the sheriff. The sheriff turns around and Tonto makes a, a hand gesture like, he has a gun! And the sheriff, while fumbling around to get his gun out, doesn't do it in time and gets blown away by Butch Cavendish. Butch turns around and sees Tonto still with the the hand gesture of gun, to which Tonto looks at his own hand and then puts his hand down. Something very Jack Sparrow to do. So his his gang members get on the train, they start shooting up the civilians, they shoot the, the, the preacher who's leading the settlers, they shoot the engineer, and now the train's going out of control. Yeah, they put the train at full speed. They lock it at full speed because this would not be a Western train movie with that. The train being out of control in some way. Tonto tries to stop Cavendish. He states that he wants revenge on him for killing other Native Americans. But John Reed appears uh, in the scene and he's he stops him. He points a gun at Butch, and he's like, you can't kill this man, Tonto, because he needs to face trial. Right. So, that's, like, his whole thing. If you want to drill it down to one thing, the Lone Ranger slash John Reed slash Army Hammer, his whole thing is, nah, man, justice. And Tonto's like, nah, man, regular, all, all, my version of justice. And then Lone Ranger's like, nah. That's like the that's most of the movie. You really don't need to keep going if you. If, but you're turning me you're like you're you're turning me into an naysayer, James. But I'm gonna <laughs> stick with it. I'm gonna stick with it. I like it. Butch's men show up though, and they rescue Butch, and they chain up John Reed to Tonto, and they don't shoot him. Yeah, they don't. That's the hard part about this. A few times is that. They, Butch Cavendish and his friends, shoot everybody. And then it gets to uh, the lawyer, Army Hammer, you know, the Lone Ranger, and Tonto. And over and over again, they just talk instead of shoot. I thought of Tuco and the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. When it's time to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. So now Tonto wants to just leave because he's engineered an escape, but he's chained up to John and... So together they climb to the roof of the train where they get stopped by one of the gang members who's pointing a gun at them. And just as he's about to shoot one of them, he gets Indiana Jones whipped and the whip wraps around his wrist and it pulls the gun out of his hand. And it's John's heroic brother, Dan, here to save the day. Yeah, Dan is way better as like a brother, a husband. He's better at everything. You can kind of tell why the Lone Ranger left. He was being overshadowed by his bro for real. Tonto makes a good point where they're on the top of the train and and uh, the Lone Ranger's like, we really got to stop this train. And Tonto's like, no, 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 we jump off this train. There's no stopping it. And he's like, what about the children? And Tonto's like, yeah, they jump too, man. Everyone jumps. But Dan is able to take out the bad guys and slow down the train enough for the railroad workers who are up ahead to get out of the way before the train crashes in a giant train wreck that is obviously meant to be 3D, but we didn't have 3D glasses. Yeah, right. I, I, 
I don't, I don't need 3D glasses to tell me what's supposed to be good. After the train wreck, Tonto goes to leave, but John feebly tries to stop him. He's, like, clutching his ankle. He's like, you can't go, Tonto. Justice. Tonto doesn't give a fuck, but then he gets caught by, by Dan, who's just much more imposing and manly than John. Probably a better lover, too. Um, better at everything, yeah. Has a hot wife that, uh, that, you know, the Lone Ranger to be is very jealous of. And you can kind of tell he has a thing for. But don't worry, Dan is here to save the day. So back at Kobe, Tonto's shut up in the jailhouse. John gets emasculated by his sister-in-law who's doting on him. And after they leave the jail, Tonto does some weird Native American sorcery and it scares John's nephew away. We also learn that Dan is in the Indian territories most of the time these days. We're not exactly sure why, and his wife is not sure either. And then, right, Tonto does some weird stuff. When only Dan, Danny Jr. can see, and you can see the bird on Tonto's head move slightly, and you're like, well, that's an inanimate bird. What's going on here? Dan is the town sheriff. He shares a touching moment with his family, which is kind of movie speak for this guy will die soon. Mo- guy's gonna die. He gives his son a slingshot, and the moment that happens, you're like, oh, God, this, guy, this guy's gonna die. He deputizes John as a Texas Ranger, and he's like, Did you're you see gonna why, help though? us? Why? Did you see why? I liked this, actually. And it was like the old school reason to do something like this. He deputizes his brother John to go out into the desert with him, because he sees, or Dan sees his wife kind of like hold uh, John a little too long. And he changes his mind for him to go out there because he doesn't want him to stay with his wife. So he's like, you know what? You're a ranger now. You're coming with us. Oh, yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Apparently, he doesn't trust his wife with his own brother. Well, from the way they were looking at each other, you could understand why, James. So on their way to go apprehend Cavendish, John and his brother are trading snarky remarks. When off in the distance, they see a, a spirit horse. A white horse. It's not a spirit horse yet, James. No, his brother's like they call that a spirit horse. Yeah, and John John has a white hat on. I think it's important to note. He has a giant white hat on. And the spirit horse is in the distance. The brother is wearing Indian jewelry. We don't know exactly why. Uh, there's a drunk man in their in their posse. There are eight people in their posse. One's name is Collins. He's super drunk. And Dan is always getting real mad at him for not even being able to, like, stay on the horse. And then Danny tries to give John a gun. And John's like, you know, I don't believe in them. So MacGruber! Yeah, I don't believe in guns. I'm not going to take it. And then uh, the first thing I thought was there are a lot of red shirts in this posse. And if you don't know what red shirt is, I mean, it's a term from Star Trek. And a red shirt is an actor you've never seen before who's wearing a red shirt who's only there to die. So they track Cavendish's men to this canyon. They stand around with their dicks in their hands when they start getting shot up, like, blown apart by snipers in the distance. Yeah. Gotta scatter. Cavendish's men take them all out. Dan is still alive, though. Cavendish walks up on him and after taunting him a little bit, cuts out his heart and eats it. The fuck? Who would follow this guy? I mean, people who I guess don't want their hearts taken out of their bodies and then eaten in front of them? 
I'm just, you know, if I'm an outlaw and you're an outlaw and you're like, hey, James, uh, I got this new bandit chief. He gets us a lot of money and he eats the still beating hearts of his enemies. I'd be like, I'm going to follow someone more normal than that. Okay, well, then maybe don't get all the money you want, James. You have to follow your dreams. Maybe ask a follow-up question like, hey, has he ever eaten the heart of someone in his own group? No. Then everything's fine. One of uh, the posse members, the drunk one, totally betrayed them, and now he's standing with Cavendish's gang. And uh, actually, he pukes when he eats the heart, but he also might just be a little too drunk. He's a little too drunk. It's known there that Collins, the guy who's way too drunk and sold out Dan and John, kind of grew up with them as well and knew their father. So this is like a whole thing. Like, why would he do this? It feels dumb. But also the guy's drunk. You don't know what he's doing. So the main character and his brother and everyone is dead. Yeah, everyone's dead. Except they're not, actually. Well, one of them's not. <laughs> We cut back to the framing device, and it's totally like the Princess Bride. Hey, Grandpa, you're telling the story wrong. He can't be dead. It's not fair. Who said that life is fair? We can we can take a minute for this right now. In this movie, a movie that I liked, I hated the framing device. It's very Princess Bride. It really is. It's like too much Princess Bride, and it also feels like they're condescending to the audience in that moment, like... God, if we don't explain this to them with John, old old version of Johnny Depp, they're never going to get it because they're so dumb. So Tonto's escaped from jail. It's never explained. He did some magic. And he comes across all the dead guys, and because he's such a, a nice guy, he gives them all, like, Christian burials. And as he's about to bury John, the spirit horse comes back and he nuzzles John back to life. We can only apparently do movies that you like, James, because there's never <laughs> ever going to be a version of this where anyone wants to watch The Lone Ranger after this, because <laughs> you, the whole time you're describing it, you're like, and then this happens! Whoa! Uh, Tonto's upset, though. He's like, don't bring that guy back to life. Bring his awesome brother back to life. Which I thought was funny. That's the thing. You have to give... Indian Jack Sparrow, the benefit of the doubt. Johnny Depp is a funny human being who can play Jack Sparrow very well, hence why he's doing it in this movie as well. Right, but his Native American character is extremely broad and kind of cringy in moments. Oh, where does this road go? Road, stay, you go. Like, it's very broad. I feel like... Broad is not the term I used at all. I My favorite part of this movie was Johnny Depp. He was literally, and is almost every movie he's in, the most entertaining part. John wakes up that night at a campfire with Tonto. Tonto explains that the spirit horse has brought him back to life, and now he is a spirit walker, a warrior who cannot be killed in battle. Okay, fine. Do I need to read the, do I need to read the summary? (laughs) So you can stop doing that, that voice when you're doing this? Yeah, he's telling him the spirit thing. And he, uh, Tonto apparently can speak to the horse slightly. And so what Tonto is positing is that now that uh, John has come back to life, that he is now an immortal being who cannot die. Also, around the campfire, there are like crazy bunnies who have really sharp teeth and... 
they eat things that Tonto throws at them. And when they eat them with their incredibly sharp teeth and like really go after it, uh, Tonto makes the point of nature is very out of balance right now because of a dark spirit that he calls Windingo and that he also attributes to being Butch Cavendish. We should point out the movie is very closely following Lone Ranger canon. Aside from the magic stuff, this has all pretty much happened. Bush Cavendish ambushed the Lone Ranger and his brother, and they all died. He didn't get brought back to life, but, like, Tonto finds him and nurses him back to health. Here's something. Ryan, you just mentioned that Tonto thinks that Cavendish is a Windigo, which is a Native American legend. A person eats the flesh of another human, and they, they become a super strong human monster, kind of. Right. It is a real thing. It's not... A Southwest Comanche Indian thing. It's a North North Canadian First Nations legend, but whatever. Gore Verbinski thinks they're all the same. So now we have Wendigos. <laughs> that's that's so that's so just a broad stroke of a comment. <laughs> he, he, perhaps he thought it was a fun storytelling device as well. Person who gives no benefit of any doubt in this apparent instance. If you've played the game Until Dawn, that's an amazing game that's got Wendigo in it. Uh, the movie Ravenous is an amazing Western movie, Western horror, and it also kind of revolves around Wendigo. It's pretty cool. <laughs> they wanted to make a cannibal Western, so they did. Yeah, well, I like I like the inclusion of the Wendigo in this, although, eh, spoilers, it doesn't really go anywhere. No, not really. It's just creepy. Yeah, he gives him silver bullets because he's like, only a silver bullet can kill a Wendigo, which, uh, that's, in the legend, Wendigos aren't killable, and in the original Lone Ranger, he used silver bullets, but not because they were magic, because the Lone Ranger valued life, and he only used silver bullets because they were super expensive to make, and so he would never kill someone without some hesitation. Or... We just assume that in this movie, the cannibals are basically uh, vampires. Werewolves. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're vampires slash werewolves and can be killed with a stake to the heart. He also gives him a mask, which he has cut from his brother's shirt where his brother got shot by two bullets. And they just happen to also fit his, his eyes. I didn't even notice that part, but I like it. So Tonto realizes that because there were eight men who left and only seven graves, that one person must be a traitor. Uh, he somehow determines it was Collins, right? I'm not sure how that was decided, but they figure out it was Collins. Yeah, John knows that it was Collins because he was in the party and, and knows who wasn't who wasn't there anymore. Also, right uh, before, yeah, yeah. because literally right before the shots went off, they someone said out loud, hey, where's Collins? Tracking Collins, they go to the Kobe Town brothel, where I guess Collins is a regular. They're in Pariah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's Pariah from Westworld. They meet up with Helena Bottom Carter's character, Red Harrington. <laughs> oh, what a name. They give her the third degree. They threaten to turn in her whole establishment. Uh, she's not really budging, but then when they tell her that they're after Cavendish, her mood changes and she decides to help them. As it seems, uh, she has a fake leg that is also a gun, and it seems that Butch Cavendish perhaps was a reason that she no longer has a real leg. 
Motherfucker ate her leg. Ate her leg, baby. Ate her leg. She informs them that Dan and Collins were having a fight over this silver ore that they found. Something like that. And Tonto's like, oh, the silver ore, it's totally cursed. Don't touch it. And then John does touch it like an idiot. And then he flashbacks or flashes forward. It's not really clear. And it infers that I guess John might be cursed now because he shouldn't have, he shouldn't, he should never have touched the rock. So we should establish, it's been established that magic is real in the mythos of this movie. He did some magic to escape jail. The spirit horse brought him back to life. He's touching the silver ore and getting some kind of vision, right? Magic is real, all right? Yeah. Or is it? Because later on, the movie shits on the magic being real. We'll, we'll find out. Sure. The, uh, I want to believe the magic is real, James. Some angry townspeople come into the brothel because they want to lynch Tonto. Because apparently, uh, recently, Comanches attacked the settlers. And so they have to make a hasty retreat. Yeah, more so than anything, I feel like the townspeople just didn't have anything to do, and they were like, ugh, what could we do right now? I guess we could just kill, like, a random Indian. That would just be, that will be for the night. <laughs> That's the night's plans. But you're right, they had to get out of there. Tonto hates cats. No, he smells a cat, and he he doesn't just hate the cat. His bird on his head hates the cats because he's afraid uh... of getting eaten. So that's what, yeah, yeah, a little nuance for you in this movie you don't like. Um, so he put, so Tonto puts a bird cage over his head. Hilarious, physical gags, funny. He and as they go, they're running, running away. Tonto is trying to get the white horse to like leave with him, but the white horse won't budge because he's the Lone Ranger's horse. He doesn't go with Tonto. Also, the horse is drunk. Right, the horse is very, very drunk because nature is so out of whack, as we learned earlier with the bunnies. And then John Reed slash the Lone Ranger finds the cat that Helena Bonham Carter slash Red Harrington said was lost and like brings the cat back to her and she's like hey I found your cat I'm for I'm for justice and being a good guy and then you know the mob runs in at the same time and he's like oh no what I should have been doing was running but I didn't listen to anybody or any good advice so now now the now the mob is gonna run after us run so cut to John's sister-in-law, Rebecca, and her son, Danny Jr., are chilling at the riverbank. And did you pick up, Ryan, that this riverbank looks exactly like the riverbank where Dolores was painting in episode one of Westworld? Yeah, and apparently both the Lone Ranger and Westworld were filmed in Moab, Utah. Perhaps that is where this river is. That's pretty cool. I mean, again, there are not that many sets used for westerns, like five or ten movies were made in the 70s or 60s for westerns and they all just wrote down where they used to film and they're like okay just use these places forever so back in colby her and the other town people are chilling having a nice night when a bunch of seemingly comanche warriors raid the settlement yeah rebecca and danny are spooked they go inside a bunch of what look like Indians are are doing a bunch of things that you're like, hey, cut it out. John and Tonto arrive sometime later. Uh, they see the devastation. John's like, oh, these dirty Indians. He says something like that. Yeah, he says something like too mean towards Indians. Like he says Indians are savages or something to that effect. And Tonto's like, dude, I'm right here. 
I think it's like Tonto doesn't get offended. He's just like, yeah, it wasn't Indians, but whatever, dude. He says, Indians like the coyote, kill and leave nothing to waste. Tell me, Kimasabi, what does the white man kill for? And I was like, yeah, Kimasabi, answer that. They hear some townspeople being accosted somewhere, and they go to investigate, and there's this bad guy in women's clothing. He's threatening some young girl, and they they stop him. And they're questioning him on where Cavendish is and where his sister-in-law and the boy are when some other goons arrive and they set fire to the barn with with the Lone Ranger and Tonto inside. I set fire to the barn. Um, so <laughs> that rifle rascal Crossdresser is going to come back. You got to remember him. But also, they're all dressed like Indians. They weren't Indians, James. They're trying to, they're tricking them like because there's this thing with the railroad that they have a, a, a treaty with the Comanche where as long as they don't fight each other, that they'll never take their land away. But now the bandits are dressed up like Indians. I, I wonder if this is on behalf of the train people, James. I wonder if that's what's happening. The Comanche attack was an inside job. Jet fuel can't melt barns. Wow. I mean, th- I think it can. I think, I think it can because just like... A, a torch is lighting this barn on fire, and there was no jet fuel to be seen, so <laughs> maybe just get your facts straight. So they're almost going to burn up. Uh, they make it to the roof, and wouldn't you know, the spirit horse is on the roof, and they jump on his back to safety. Yeah, the spirit horse is, without a doubt, the real hero. The spirit horse can almost fly. Like, it, it can jump so far and, and run so fast that it is the one with the actual superpowers. The Lone Ranger fires his gun at the goons, and it ricochets all over the place and ends up, like, dislodging a beam from the barn which falls on the goons and kills them. And he's like, oh, I just wanted to scare them with that bullet, and instead they're dead. <laughs> and then Tonto's like, oh, then that was not a good shot. And then the crossdresser who sees this from afar, I just knew from that moment, was like, ooh, this guy's about to go back to Butch Cavendish and tell a legend, that, like, that he is never... Like, he just saw something incredible that looks like the Lone Ranger is the greatest hero on Earth, when it turns out he's just an awful shot. Tonto gets the bright idea of following one of the outlaw's horses back to the the hideout, and so they let that horse loose, and they follow him on the spirit horse. At some point, John asks Tonto, because he keeps getting called Kimasabi, what Kimasabi means. I believe he says wrong brother, which I thought was really neat. I just, I like that, but he's calling him Kimasabi right from the beginning, so he's just made that judgment about him almost immediately. That's just a joke, though. That's not what Kimasabi means. No? What does it mean? It means faithful friend. Aww. Then, I guess, the, uh, the Tonto was just being facetious in that moment. What a fun guy. Yeah, he's a joker. We cut back to Rebecca. She's telling somebody that that her husband's gonna kill you for this. She's telling that to Butch Cavendish, and, and Butch Cavendish had a fun line of like, "Wouldn't that be a trick?" Because he's he's dead. I I ate his heart. Oddly enough, <laughs> yeah. Not only is he dead, he's he's not even got a heart. So I don't yeah. think he's coming back. I know he doesn't have a heart. I I ingested it while Collins, your friend, threw up. I ate that lady's leg too. It was great. Yep. And then lo and behold, the crossdresser is back, and he's here to tell the legend of the Lone Ranger. And he's like, 
And actually, he makes up his name in that moment. He's like, what? <laughs> Butch Cameron is just like, describe exactly who you saw. And he's like, I guess it was a lone ranger it's like ah and and then they believe it's the ghost of dan reed coming for butch cavendish you know cavendish is like i killed him once i'll kill him again yeah cavendish tells collins to take rebecca and danny out back and shoot him and uh he is about to but then he's like no just run free as they're running away to safety collins gets like shot in the head from far away and we see a silhouette. Who is that? Who's there to save them? So still following the outlaw horse, Lone Ranger and Tonto are lost in the desert because the horse just suddenly drops dead. Um, at this point, Tonto is in a desert and he's holding a little umbrella. Is that a good, bad, and ugly reference? Almost definitely, yes. That's exactly what Tuco had. They suddenly start bickering about whether or not John is going to bang his dead brother's wife. Tonto just brings that up. He's like, so you're going to hit that, right? Because he knows it's true, dude. Out of nowhere, they find some hidden train tracks in the sand, but this is Comanche territory where they're not allowed to build train so tracks. Like, so like what, dude? <laughs> like what? Why are those train tracks there? And then we port back to the framing device and the little kid's like, I thought you were an Indian territory, you idiot. There can't be train tracks there. And he's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the Lone Ranger gets shot with an arrow. Thank God that old Tonto and little boy explained that to me. Because I, I was too stupid to figure it out. I feel like you weren't. I feel like you're just making fun of it. But a fine... <laughs> j- <laughs> Whatever, James. So, somewhere in town... Uh, the train boss, Latham Cole, is giving another speech that they don't have to respect Indian treaties anymore because they attacked them. And I, I like that the movie was nice enough to give a reason to disregard Indian treaties, where in actual history they'd just be like, Indian treaty? <laughs> That's not worth the paper it's written on. <laughs> just burn it. We didn't even mean it when we wrote that thing. We see in the background an unfinished bridge giving kind of a Back to the Future 3 vibe. We see a bunch of explosives and you think to yourself, hey, I wonder if that will be used on that bridge. And then all of a sudden uh, we get a little bit like Good, Bad, and the Ugly uh, kind of pops back up where it seems like the Union rides up. But it's not really. It's just the United States Army and they're here to hang out. Yeah, war's over at this point. Uh, but this the captain of the cavalry is played by the actor who played Lucky Ned in True Grit, and I enjoyed seeing that, because he basically does the same exact voice. No, everybody in this movie is playing a character they've played before. Rooster! I will kill this girl, you know I will! I love Lucky Ned. (laughs) Honestly, I've seen True Grit so much, with a little practice, I could do that entire movie as a one-man show. Do it. Challenge accepted. Back with the uh, the Comanches, they've they've taken Tonto and the Lone Ranger. They've locked them both up. Tonto starts treating the Lone Ranger's arrow wound, and uh, Lone Ranger's a little worried. He's like, hey, do you think this is clean? And he's like, yeah, it's sterile. I pissed all over it. <laughs> they the, Basically, what John Reed wants is to, is to prove to everyone that the Comanche didn't raid those settlements, you know? They pull in John Reed to talk, and he's like, I'm a spirit walker from the great beyond, and I'm hunter of Windingo. And then it turns out they can speak English, obviously. And then they're like, what is with the mask? 
which is a running joke in this movie where everyone just asks the Lone Ranger why he's wearing a mask. And they're like, did Tonto tell you to wear the mask? <laughs> what an idiot. Tonto's an idiot. You listened to an idiot. Tonto's not even a Comanche anymore. He's a man apart, a guy who's broken. And then we go into a Tonto flashback. We see fi- two white men in the desert. And then we they meet a little boy who's a little uh, Indian boy who has a bird with him. So he's Tonto, obviously. And then Tonto helps them out, and they find silver in a river by where the Comanche are living. And Tonto trades the silver for that little piece of silver for a watch, like a like a a pocket watch, a, a silver one that would be used later in this movie. And then for that watch, the boy showed those two white men where the river begins basically telling them where to find more silver and they find all the silver that they can carry. So, but to keep it a secret from everybody, they go back to the settlement and while the boy isn't there, kill everybody. Yeah. I liked this backstory. I thought it was pretty well told and kind of sad. It's kind of a stretch though, that that two guys killed an entire community of native Americans. It's already the end of the 19th century. The native Americans had guns too. These two guys must be some pretty, some badass mofos. For sure. Although, <laughs> this is a part that you apparently just said you liked. And then at the beginning, we're like, this all whole could be, whole thing could not be here. Yeah, it's completely unnecessary. This movie's way too long to begin with. If they had just cut out Tonto's backstory and his connection with the bad guys, it would have saved a lot of time. We, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Fine. But he then convinced himself that those men were evil spirits. They were Wendigo, and that he, as Tonto, had to go crazy and dedicate his life to getting rid of the Wendigo instead of perhaps just dealing with the fact that what he had just done killed his entire, probably, family and 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 settlement. There's no tribe to return to anymore, so, so he's his own tribe now, you know? Yeah, my headcanon is that Tonto is actually a white dude who went crazy and convinced himself he was a Native American, and uh, all this backstory never even happened. As long as that there's a level of delusion, I'm fine with it. We found out that John's brother Dan had brokered the peace treaty with the Comanches, and now they're they're basically blaming Dan and John for the conflict that's happening now, because they didn't make an attack, and now they're being encroached upon by the army so they're like well you guys are breaking the deal john says that he will vouch for their innocence if they just let him go but they're like nah it's too late and they bury the lone ranger and tonto in the dirt up to their neck i'm sure there's a name for that kind of thing but i forget what it is when you bury someone all the way up to their head i would just call it burying them and then but we also see and i've been wondering up to this point like is dan a good guy or a bad guy it it hasn't been like a hundred percent laid out whether he was a good guy or a bad guy and this is where you find out that he was in fact the good guy who got his heart eaten which is a real bummer so and john's like you know dan was murdered i'll keep his promise we have a deal and then it flash cuts to them buried up to their heads another setup and punched down almost immediate and tonto right when it comes back first line is so did my name come up yeah, that 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 got a chuckle out of me. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's funny. 
They hear the the bugle of the cavalry, and the natives decide to leave, and the cavalry just runs right past their heads and doesn't even notice them there. We get some more, like, nature is out of whack intrigue. <laughs> you almost said mumbo-jumbo. Instead of intrigue, <laughs> you were just like, whatever it was. The scorpions are crawling on their face, but not really harming them. Okay, stop, 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 stop. So they're sitting... James is just like, there are scorpions on their face and nothing even matters. You're, <laughs> you, you have to say it like it was... So they're buried up to their their necks they can't move at all the scorpions come out of the ground you're like what can't, what are you the scorpions gonna do they're gonna climb all over their faces the spirit horse comes over and licks them off and then eats them alive it's so fun that was so bizarre he laps them up with his horse tongue and yeah. just eats scorpions <laughs> see if i had just let you say that the first time you would have said like and then the spirit horse licks them off their face whoa so at the spirit mine, the spirit mine, at the silver mine, <laughs> everything's a spirit in this movie. It really is. At the silver mine from Tonto's backstory, Cavendish is overseeing operations, but the Chinese miners don't want to go back to work because they say that the mine is dangerous and haunted. Butch Cavendish in response sends that crossdresser in, and then you're like, oh man, maybe this crossdresser will meet, get his comeuppance. Uh, yeah, and it, that basically does happen. He, actually, the cross is like, I don't really want to go in, and Butch Cavendish, in response, just throws a bunch of rocks at him. Like, really mean. And then points a gun, like, you're gonna go in. So he does. He brings in one light by himself. The light goes out. He screams, uh-oh, what happened? Although you do sort of see what happened. You, you see that Tonto and the Lone Ranger are inside, and they just take him out. Butch Cavendish sends two more people in, and then the cart comes out of the mine by itself, and they're like, where are those two people? While the whole posse kind of walks up to the cart, they find out that inside that cart is of some dynamite. It explodes and throws everybody back. Butch Cavendish kind of sees it before anyone else and gets a little farther away, so he has he is less hurt. As John and Tonto come out, they have a really cool walkout scene, like real slow motion. That's on the poster, too. Yeah, and the Lone Ranger steps on Butch Cavendish's gun as he's going for it. You know, he thinks Rebecca and Danny are dead, because that's basically what Bush is, Butch is, like, inferring. He hits the Butch Cavendish in his face a bunch of times with the butt of his gun. And Tonto's like, finish him. And and he, the and Lone Ranger's like, that's not justice. Just And then Tonto's like, justice is what a man must take for himself. And then t- and John says, I'm not a savage. I was like, whoa, dude. Come on. Yeah, the Lone Ranger, he basically denounces Tonto and all of the magic shit as bullshit. He's like, I heard the truth. You're just a crazy idiot. You're not really magic. There's no such thing as Wendigo. I'm going to take off the mask. You're a dummy. Tonto's like, well, fuck you. I'll just do it myself and goes to kill Cavendish. But John knocks him out with the butt of his gun. And Cavendish is like, thanks, bro. Good looking out. Yeah, I think it's important to note that Tonto claims that he was on the train at the beginning purposely to get Butch Cavendish because he saw and knew that he was Wendigo, so he was there to kill him in the first place, and the reason he wasn't able to do that was because the Lone Ranger hit him with a shovel or something. The Lone Ranger has hit Tonto with a shovel or a large object in the head multiple times this movie. 
We cut to Rebecca waking up on a train because her and Danny have been rescued by Cole, who's in charge of the army cavalry. The The train dude is working with the cavalry. They saved Rebecca, and apparently they were the ones that killed Collins. Uh, Cole monologues to Danny about how awesome trains are, and he's I'm, I'm like, your you new know, daddy. It's yeah, basically, I'm, it, it's your it's the <laughs> I'm your new daddy speech. He had lipstick put on Rebecca while she was asleep. So weird. You know, as he's putting the moves on her, the Lone Ranger arrives with Cavendish, and he Cole doesn't let him see Rebecca and Danny. He has them taken away to a different train car at gunpoint, but in like two seconds time they get the gun from the guy and they're cool now this part was the only this is the only part that i actually wrote down wow this is dragging a bit i was fine with the background indian stuff i was fine with tonto's backstory uh this part actually this part was going a little too slow for me and then you know we finally see we see tonto wake up he sees the Lone Ranger's mask, not of the Lone Ranger anymore, and he shakes his head like, ah, oh, what a stupid white man. He got rid of his mask. And then... Yeah, and then the Chinese mine workers are, like, nodding. They're like, yeah, white men are stupid. And it's like, yeah. dude, Johnny Depp, you're you're a white dude in red face. <laughs> yeah, but not... Tonto is not a white dude, so <laughs> come on. No, in my head canon, he is. <laughs> he's just a white guy who thinks he's a Comanche. That's a good point. <laughs> um... So, in a conversation with the Lone Ranger, Cole is revealed to be Cavendish's long-lost brother, the other man who had helped wipe out Tonto's community. Okay. It turns out Dan had discovered Cole's evil plan to start a war with the Comanches, and he had discovered the hidden railroad, and so Cole orchestrated his death by Cavendish. So Cavendish knew they were coming, and it was all a setup. Sucks. Sucks yeah, to be Dan. It does suck. I mean, Dan... But the moment Dan gave that slingshot to his kid, he should have known he was about to be dead. That was an obvious death gift. Right. Oh, wait. If I hug and kiss my wife and kid, isn't that just going to raise the stakes for when I die? So much of a percentage. It's an over 50% chance of death. The Lone Ranger decides he's going to take Cole in for all this, but Cavendish and the cavalry captain come in and they both decide they're just gonna side with Cole and fuck over the Lone Ranger at some point in this Danny the little boy who yeah this was the worst part (laughs) yeah yeah, this one was weird and it's the part where you're like maybe children shouldn't be in westerns like in Good Bad the Ugly there were no children and we were better off for it and both times there were children in the Lone Ranger and Cowboys and Aliens I think they were the worst part of the movie but Danny is holding up a uh, budget. I called him Budget Dangle. He looks like Dangle <laughs> from Reno 911, but he's just not. They didn't have enough money to get Thomas Lennon. He was too busy doing anything else, literally. So they got Budget Dangle. He's being held up by a tiny little child with a gun, Danny. At some point in this, the Lone Ranger gets like taken in with Cole next to him. And they're both trying to like talk Danny into shooting the other one. And then Rebecca comes in too with Butch Cavendish and Danny turns around and is like, is my dad dead? Tell me. Tell me if he's dead. There's a brief moment where the bad guy's like, yes, and the Lone Ranger killed him. (laughs) So so shoot him, you dumb idiot. 
God, if, if that little boy shot him, this just would be a real different movie. But Rebecca talks him down. He's like, don't shoot your uncle. He's probably the good guy. And then they just, they get taken back to wherever they were being held before, which makes you ask, like, why? Why did any of that happen? Why did they escape in the first place if you're just going to put them right back where they started? Like, it, it feels like that 15 minutes was there to just prove that Danny was a real character. So yeah, after that, uh, they decide they're going to head over to the Silver Mine to kill the Lone Ranger there, even though they could just kill him anywhere. They could literally just throw him off the train and he'd be dead. Yeah, the cavalry is bringing John over in basically what is a firing squad. As John walks over there, he sees a bird in a birdcage, which he finds odd. He's like, oh, that's interesting that that's that. That's something Tonto would do. And then uh, Latham Cole shows the captain of the cavalry all the silver and is like, listen, you can have some of this if you do whatever I say. And he's like, oh, cool. And then as the Lone Ranger is is about to be shot, we kind of go back to Tonto is still in the mine with his bird. And that bird is in the cage and the bird is dead in the cage. And you're like, oh, why did that bird die? Tonto is disguised as a Chinese miner with, uh, you know, the, the the conical straw hat and, like, kung fu outfits. So now we've got a white actor right. portraying a Native American stereotype who's right. dressed as a Chinese stereotype. So it's, like, racist inception. I mean, just throw some blackface on and see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> right. They should have done another level. it's just awful (laughs) but we once you get past it being so awful perhaps it's entertaining so tonto jumps in and rescues the lone ranger from the firing squad uh at the last minute with a train he uses a train to block all the bullets pretty sweet well he uses like the looney tunes like i have no idea what you'd fucking call this thing you people you all know it you've got two people on each side with like levers and as you pull the levers, you move on the train tracks. It's a train cart. It's just a cart. Anywho. <laughs> At that point, the Comanches start attacking, but they get completely mowed down by the cavalry's Gatling guns, Last Samurai style. Also, weren't they, like, dead before? Didn't the cavalry kill them before? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, gotta, you gotta kill them twice. Oh, alright. It's a secret. You didn't I- know that. I didn't I didn't know that, that's true. Cavendish decides to set off some TNT to blow up the mountain so that we can have an awesome main characters running away Hello? from an explosion shot. Oh hey, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I couldn't there for a moment. So say that again because I said hello in the middle of it. Alright. Cavendish decides to set off some TNT in the tunnel that our heroes are escaping in so that we can have an awesome Main characters running away from an explosion shot. Do they look at the explosion, though? No, they don't. They're they're too cool. Oh, well, just making sure. Yeah, so that scene's over, and, uh... <laughs> God, you're just... You still got 40 minutes. It's it's tough when the, the person doing the summary doesn't like the movie at all. <laughs> Lone Ranger and Tonto kind of regroup at this like cavern this lake inside the cavern and uh i guess i don't know they make up from their fight and then the horse is there the spirit horse and he's like up in a tree 
Yeah, but and then Tonto says, that is a very weird horse. And I was like, yeah, it is a weird horse. The Lone Ranger comes to the revelation that he can't defeat Cole within the confines of justice because he's above the law and he controls the army with his influence and with his money so that he's got to become an outlaw to do good. And that's why Tonto's like, that's why you must wear the mask. And then we port back to the train ceremony where the Transatlantic Railroad is like now going to be totally done. Latham Cole's boss is there. He's played by Stephen Root of Dodgeball fame. Yeah, and they, Bill from King of the Hill. Exactly. And they give Latham an extra thing for like a thank you. You know, it's another it's another pocket watch and like what they don't all need pocket watches. Helena Bonham uh, Carter is in the crowd just hanging out, being herself. We cut back to the bridge. It has lots of explosives on it that the Lone Ranger and Tonto have set up. The mask is back on. We cut back to the framing device, the little boy in San Francisco, and he's like, where'd you get the explosives? And Tonto's like, we had a plan. It was a good plan. And then we cut back to the bank robbery, and it now makes sense why the Lone Ranger and Tonto were at doing the bank robbery. It turns out at the bank, you, they found all the explosives and the gunpowder. That's what actually was at the bank. And then we uh... cut back. Yeah. And then we cut back to Latham Cole, who has a new surprise with the shareholders. And that surprise is I have a bunch of silver. I'm doing a hostile takeover. And also when you, Stephen Root, are like, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, Latham Cole shoots you in the butt, so haha, take that. It was so weird, because, like, he already had a foolproof plan. He's like, I'm gonna sell this silver I have, and then buy a majority share, and then I'll run the company. He's a bad guy. He has to still shoot him. <laughs> you already win. But yeah, the explosion goes off the, 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 some, something exploded. Probably the bridge where they lined the explosive. That's, that's important later, but not now, so remember that. The, the bridge is out. I you okay with your naysaying tone, <laughs> and then it seems as though the captain of the cavalry told all of his people to you know check the undercarriage of the train again. Got to be real careful. But Helena Bonham Carter runs distraction for Tonto, who is currently under the train. As he's going under the train, he trades a bullet to Danny for some food. He just gives the silver bullet to Danny, probably for later. And then Latham shoots the chairman. He's like, you know, whatever. Uh, and then he does the hostile takeover. He gets nominated as the new chairman. Uh, at some point, the the there's a cart of pickles that actually have explosives on it being driven by one of the guys who works for Red Red Harrington's, the same name, by the way, like a very similar name to who, uh, what is it, Nate, what is this guy's name? On the blacklist, where his name is basically Red Harrington as well, it's like the same stupid thing, it's like, oh, we, no one has a real name, ha 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 ha. Yeah, Red Harrington is seducing the cavalry captain with her prosthetic leg. I'm not really sure how that works. It's just but, gross. Uh, <laughs> once Tonto has gotten control of the train, she she fires the bullet from her prosthetic leg gun, and it blows up the pickle cart, which actually had nitro in it. Yeah, she has, again, a leg gun like that girl in Death Proof does. But apparently she has much more control over it and doesn't have awful, like, she doesn't get pushed back. So she, so everything's fine. It's just a, a normal rifle. So Tonto's stolen 
the train with all the silver on it. The bad guys all load into the fancy train where Rebecca and Danny are still being held captive, and we get like a train race. Double train fight. Eventually the 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 tracks split, and so we've got two trains basically traveling in the same direction, parallel to each other. That's right, yeah. Are you gonna stop me? No, I want you to do the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Um, you keep going, and I'm going to do this. So, yeah, the, the William Tell Overture plays That Is the Lone Ranger's theme song from the original radio drama slash show. There's a big, big chase and fights. Uh, there's some more train fighting on top of the train. Rebecca gets thrown out of the train, but she gets caught by the spirit horse. Spirit horse! Tonto takes out some of the goons, and he saves Danny. Saves Danny. Uh, through some silly bullshit, Fuller and Cavendish... <laughs> so you can't, you're not even trying anymore. Fuller and Cavendish are both killed when their train cars are detached and crash into each other. Um, Danny Tonto shot helps at some point. Because it's what yeah, his dad right. gave him he's before th- he thinks died. He thinks that's a grape at Fuller and distracts him for like half a second. Hilarious. Fuller's the cavalry captain, if you forgot. I forgot. Tonto forgot. jumps like a hundred feet from one train. So And far. he lands directly onto these jagged silver ore shards. But he's what cool. A- he's fine. Magic no is real, sustained. dude. Magic is real. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fall damage in this game. It really uh, isn't. Lone Ranger jumps onto the spirit horse. Him and Rebecca spirit kiss, horse. even even though her husband only died like a day ago. Whatever. She's always loved him, James. Get over it. Tonto catches up with Cole, who corners him on the top of the ore train, and he's got a gun to Tonto. Boss fight. But just then, Danny slingshots the last silver bullet to the Lone Ranger, who catches it, loads it, and then blows the gun out of Cole's hand, saving Tonto. From so Tonto far away disconnects the train cars so that Tonto's stays where it is while Cole's barrels towards the bridge, which that was the explosion later. That's why we pointed that out. And so Cole, his train goes and he's, he's dead. <laughs> the train falls on him in the ocean and all the silver. He's buried under his mountain of money. Take that, metaphors. So back in town... Bill from the King of the Hill is like, you're a real hero, masked mystery man. If you take off your mask and be normal again, I'll make you sheriff. The band is back and they're playing at the same ceremony, but now they're all beaten up because they were recently just run over by a train. Pretty funny. But the Lone Ranger's like, nah, man, I'm going to keep being the Lone Ranger. Literally in my name is the word lone, except for the fact that I have a friend. His name is Tonto, so it doesn't make any sense. And so him and Tonto ride off into the horizon because you you gotta do that. Gotta do it. If you don't do it, it's not a real western. Then you're you're just dumb. There's an extremely random shot of a jackrabbit just munching down on a scorpion and then looking directly into the camera. Nature's out of whack, apparently, still. Is that... Was that written in the script? Anyway. Yes. Back... Back to the framing device... The little boy basically calls bullshit on all this. Ben Stiller is closing the night at the museum. And so Tonto is like, well, you can decide for yourself. And he throws him a silver bullet. 
He jumps behind part of the set, and then a little crow hops out and flies away. Tonto was a crow the whole time. Tonto's a bird, alright. Smash cut back to the Lone Ranger, who says the Lone Ranger's extremely dated catchphrase, Hi-ho, Hi-ho Silver! Silver! Away. Away! <laughs> Away! Tonto admonishes him. He's like, don't ever do that again, you dick. Because you got to end on a laugh. You do. And Tonto brings the laughs. Roll credits. There is no after credits scene. I checked. Good. And you know what? I might have sounded like a naysayer at the end there, but I wasn't, and I was doing the sound. I'll say, I I give this movie a B-. B-. James. I liked it. It was entertaining. Sure, it was too long. Sure, the little boy was in there for no reason. Sure, literally no women had any solid part, even though Helena Bonham Carter tried tr- tried her best. Sure, there were no people of color within this movie at all. There's like one black, there's like two black guys, and they're barely in there at all. No black women to be heard of at all. This this covers this Disney movie with millions and millions of dollars co- does not cover the spectrum of people. I'll tell you that for that much right off the bat. Yeah, it's it says a lot about Native Americans' roles in modern society that, like, you can still get away with Red Face. Even Walt Disney can still do it. And then you could kill them all, too. You couldn't do that. You couldn't remake 16 Candles and have a white dude be an Asian guy anymore. Like, not cool. No, and we're now dealing with this a lot because of... What does Scarlett Johansson just get cast in? In Ghost in the Shell, but her character's not going to be Asian. They're not right. going to, like, change her face or right. anything. Her character's just supposed to be Asian, and she's not, which is different, apparently. And I guess, not apparently, but for sure actually different from just Johnny Depp not being an Indian. Uh, you know, in the end, though, for me, that is not the worst part of this movie. I understand that as a person, I'm as a 29-year-old white guy, that... Apparently, like, that's just not an important thing to me. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't relate as much to that awfulness so that I can then look past it and be entertained by this movie. But then you look back at the end and think to yourself, like, should I allow myself to be? Because it is pretty egregious. Yeah, I got to give this movie a C minus. The things that I liked about it are dragged down by, like, a lot of the scenes that don't matter, a lot of the plot lines that go nowhere, like the Wendigo thing, it's like, why did you have him eat someone's heart if it was never gonna, never gonna build to anything? It was pretty hardcore. The, the red face thing is, is, is fucked up no matter how you look at it. I don't know what Johnny Depp was thinking. I guess he's like, whatever, man, $10 million in the bank. I don't care. It, it's the same thing. It's I, I'm just a pirate. I'm just a different kind of pirate. Uh, it's fair to make a comparison. This movie, 2013, Cowboys and Aliens, 2011. I gotta say, I liked Cowboys and Aliens better. Though I didn't like either one of them, I liked Cowboys and Aliens better. It was mercifully shorter. I don't know. I was just surprised more by things that happened in Cowboys and Aliens. I was surprised when they killed Olivia Wilde. I was surprised when Olivia Wilde came back and wasn't actually an alien. Nothing in The Lone Ranger surprised me. Everyone could predict what was going to happen beat by beat. 
You mean being entertained? Yeah, I agree. I, I was entertained by this movie beat by beat every time I predicted a thing and it happened. Cowboys and Aliens <laughs> was a travesty of a movie. That movie should never be seen by any... Indi- that movie sucked so much. And The Lone Ranger, to me, was actually entertaining most of the time. <laughs> Look at us. Differing opinions. Yeah, don't argue too much, or we'll get another bad iTunes <laughs> review. I know we 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 gotta we gotta pull back, James. Not that this should count for anything, but I am really quick gonna look up the Rotten Tomato scores. Oh, it's 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 bad. Lone Ranger twenty thirteen thirty one percent abysmal. Thirty one percent. I don't put a whole lot of stock into Rotten Tomato scores, but. Uh, apparently people on the internet don't like it. I mean, it's just useful to get... A, it's an aggregate score, so you can get a... You can test the mood of how reviewers were feeling about it. Whatever. Lone Ranger, 31%. Cowboys and Aliens, 43%. Take that, Lone Ranger. Well, they're both terrible. I put no stock in either of those numbers, and I like Lone Ranger better. Whatever, James. What are we watching next week? <laughs> Yeah, let's watch a, uh, a movie we both agree. <laughs> the natural consensus can be that it's good. Yeah, next week, why don't we check out the 2016 Magnificent Seven. I hear it's pretty good. Yeah, but we'll see, though, if it's magnificent. Ho-ho! Shut up. Denzel, Chris <laughs> Pratt, what else you want? I mean, those two people, I guess. Denzel, mostly. Alright, so thanks for listening, everybody. If you just listened, we really appreciate that. If you want to go the extra mile, you could like us on SoundCloud, you could follow us on Twitter, or you could leave us a nice review on iTunes, even though we argue. Ugh. We're, we're just so, we're so in, in dissimilar, James. And then, yeah, join us next week for The Magnificent Seven. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. <laughs>